As June is the month of prayer, month with prayer focus, let's continue some of the incredible teachings our Lord Jesus Christ gave to his disciples on prayer. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11, where we see Jesus riding over a donkey as he was entering into Jerusalem. He was well received by the people as he was riding over the donkey, as people getting along in both sides of the road, throwing their cloth over the donkey as well as over the road, and screaming and shouting and praising God, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, scripture says, after the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, on that night, Jesus went to Bethany, a nearby village. Jesus went to Bethany. On the next day, when Jesus came out of Bethany, he decided to teach some of the incredible truths to his disciples. We read them in Mark chapter 11. Let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 11. We are going to read a couple of scriptures there. Mark chapter 11, verse 12, verses 12 to 26. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Listen to me. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around all, at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with his twelve. Verse 12. Now the next day when they came out of, from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. In response, Jesus said to it, said to it Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Verse 15. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him because all the people was astonished, were astonished at his teaching. Verse 19, when evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be moved and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You know, when God gave me, God showed me this passage, I was just, you know, I was wondering, Lord, what you are trying to teach to the church this morning in prayer. And this is what I came across as I read the scripture. Number one, Let's again have a little focus on verse 12 to 14. 
Now the next day when they came out from Bethany, he was hungry, Jesus was hungry, and seeing afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he can find some fruits to eat. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of our figs. But in response, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Jesus cursed the fig tree so that the next day when they walked by, they saw the fig tree dried up up to its roots. And Peter saw the fig tree that Jesus cursed is totally withered. The number one requirement for us, for our prayer to be heard, is that the barrenness has to wither away. The burden barrenness has to wither away. You know, many think that it was not fair for Jesus to seek fruit in the fig tree when it was not seasoned for figs. But the fact is, Jesus was hungry in that morning and he saw plenty of leaves in that fig tree. You know, if we know a little bit about the fig trees of Palestine, fig trees produce figs even before the spring leaves appear in the tree. So it was natural for anyone to expect fruits in the fig tree when they see the tree is full of leaves, even though it is not full season for figs. In someone says that figs yield crop 10 months out of 12 months. So the expectation of Jesus to see figs in the fig tree was, I believe it is so genuine. You know, when Paul writes to Timothy, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, I can read for you, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. God expects us to yield fruit, even in season and out of season. Nobody can say that I don't feel like coming to church. I don't feel like preaching today. No, God doesn't allow that. He says that's the reason Paul was instructing to little young Timothy saying that be ready to preach the word of God in season and out of season. It may be true that we may not feel like coming. It may be true that we, not, we don't feel like doing anything for God. But you know, it has to be within our blood. It has to be within our soul that we need to do something for God. We need to break open all the discouragements, all the barriers that come across our way. And we need to still push towards the, for, for the work of God. And here we see Jesus coming to the victory. Even though it was not full season, he was in expectation of figs there. You know, for the nation of Israel, the presence of victory, the presence of victory with the leaves, it's a blessing and prosperity for the entire nation of Israel. But a tree which is withered totally shows the judgment of God coming upon the nation. But when you look at the spiritual condition of the children of Israel at that time, symbolically this fig tree represents the spiritual deadness of the people of God who were so religious. All the sacrifices and all the ceremonial things were going on without any delay. It was happening every day on time. But their heart was not with the Lord. Their spiritual condition was not at all good. Spiritually, they were barren because of their sins. And this morning, God is asking us, our God is telling us, our barrenness has to wither away. That we need to start yielding fruits for us to go and knock the door of the Lord. You know, today when we people, when, when people look our outside appearance, 
They think that we are Christians. They think they go to church. They are children of God, anointed and prayerful. And they give to God. They love the work of God. But if you look at the children of Israel, they were like that. They were very ceremonial. They were giving all the sacrifices to the Lord. But they withered away in their spiritual walk with the Lord. There was no fruit. There was no crop. There was no yield. People today look at our outside appearance. But then they fail because they expect fruit, us to yield fruit. What is the fruit that we are talking about? Scripture says in Galatians 5, 22-23, the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all the fruit of the Holy Spirit that Scripture is expecting in every one of our lives. You know, sometimes people expect us to quench their thirst. They are emotionally hurt. They are spiritually broken, downtrodden. They expect us to strengthen them. They expect a word of encouragement from us. They expect a word of counsel from us. They expect us to help them. They expect us to be with them in their trouble, in their difficult times. And God is expecting us to yield fruit. Our barrenness has to wither away so that we will start yielding fruit. Our fruit yielding will be seen in the impact that we make in someone's life. Our fruit bearing, fruit yielding will be seen when someone, like, someone else is brought into the presence of God. When we are able to handhold someone and help him to walk and come into the presence of God. That's where we see our fruit bearing. And Jesus was so disappointed on that day. He expected fruits in the fig trees, but then he could see only leaves there. God doesn't want us to disappoint him by our outward appearance. He expects fruit in us. For our prayer to be answered, number one, our fake spiritual appearance has to wither away. Our fake spiritual appearance has to wither away. Last week we talked about prayer and the importance of prayer. How much we need to pray at this moment that we are in, living in a time such as this. God is asking the church to pray. Nothing else, just to pray. You know, Proverbs 15, verse 8 says, Proverbs 15, 8, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. The prayer of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. You know, if we, our spiritual life is a fake spiritual life, you know, I'm not hesitated to use that word. If it is a fake spiritual life, we cannot bear fruit. There is nothing good can come out of our lives. And scripture says, the sacrifice of the wicked is abomination. The prayer of the wicked is an abomination. God doesn't want to hear. His ears are closed. His eyes are closed. You know, there are two things that's going on in this world that we need to understand. We pray, every prayer that we make, if we are righteous, if we are children of God, God hears the prayer. And sometimes he answers immediately, or sometimes he delays. Sometimes he gives us an answer saying that, no, I'm not going to give it because it doesn't, it's not good for you. But scripture says the prayer of the wicked, that's not even heard by God. Prayer not getting answered, it doesn't mean that God is not hearing our prayer. God is hearing our prayer when we are okay with the Lord, when we are fine, righteous in front, in front, of, the, in front of God. God hears our prayer, but sometimes he delays the response. But when wicked prays, 
When those who have fake spiritual appearance but without any fruit in their lives, when they pray, God doesn't even hear that prayer. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. Today, for our prayer life to be built, we need to come out of this spiritual barrenness in our lives. The barrenness, the fake appearance has to wither away from our lives on that day when Jesus caused that victory. We see that victory dried up from its roots. That's what exactly you and I need today. You and I need today that fakeness to dry away completely, core up to the root, so that we will start bearing fruits. Number two, we read that again in Mark chapter 11, verses 15 to 18. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he said, it is, not, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. Number two, the false motives are to be driven out. The false motives are to be driven out. We see there were two types of people in the temple of God on that day. Number one, those who came to sacrifice. Those who came with an offerings of animals, they came there to sacrifice to the Lord. They are the one first group. Second group of people, those who came to make business by selling sacrifices. There are two types of people we see in the church today. Those who come to serve the Lord. Those who come to give sacrifices to the Lord. Those who come also to make business. You know, today we see people coming to church to make the church as den of thieves. That's what scripture says. And Jesus couldn't handle it. You know, sometimes it may not be somebody else. Even it may be my own life, our own life. What is the motivation that is drawing us towards the church or towards the assembling of saints today? Do we have any false motivation that is driving us to go to church when we come together in the presence of God? You know, some of the false motivations that at times may, I may have or you may have that we need to confess that to the Lord this morning. Some of the false motivations today people have when they come to the church, maybe to gain popularity. Maybe to gain popularity. They want to become the best singers among the congregation. They want to become the best preachers among the congregation. They want them to be recognized in everything they do, to gain honor and respect maybe. Always to be appreciated but not willing for any correction. Looking for opportunities to cause some confusion among the saints. Gossiping, backbiting, exaggerating means overstating. You know, all these are the motivations with which people come to the church today. Exactly the same thing Jesus was encountering as he was walking into the temple of God. People coming to the church for the material blessing, just for the material blessing. They don't really care about the spiritual blessing at all. They don't even care about the eternity. They just come only for material blessing. There are churches, by the way, they teach only about the material blessing, what God can give to me as we live on this earth. They do not talk about sin. They do not talk about us getting ready for the eternity. People also come to church to make network, for networking, to meet people for their own benefit. And this morning, God is asking me, he was talking to me, what is your motivation to go to church every Sunday morning? Has it become a routine in your life that every day you need to get up and go to church? Or what is the motivation? 
You know, God is asking us to drive out those false motivations on the day. People came to church with a false motivation of making business and Jesus could not handle it. You may ask, why do they find sacrifices if they don't sell sacrifices at the church? But Jesus was not behind those kind of sacrifices. And today you and I need to understand, Jesus is not pleased when we come with that false motivation and try to praise God. God is not at all pleased in that. There is only one motivation that people in the temple of God need to have is prayer. Is prayer. The only thing that, you, that should drive you and me and enable us to come to church. If I go to church, I can just pray to my Father in heaven. You may say that I can pray at home. It's true that you can pray at home. But when we come together in the presence of God, when we obey the word of God and observe the Holy Communion, observe the Holy Sunday in the presence of God, there is strength that we gain in the presence of God when we pray together. Jesus said, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of peace. Today, we need to drive away the, drive away the false motivations for our prayer to be answered. Number three, we read that in Mark chapter 11, verses 25 to 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, Forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. First of all, our fake spiritual appearance has to wither away. Secondly, our false motivations are to be driven out. Thirdly, people in our church, people in our lives need to be forgiven. People in our lives need to be forgiven. For our prayer to be answered, Jesus said, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Forgive them. Today, most of the time, we think that it is only God to, for God to forgive. No, it's not true. It is for even me to forgive. It is for us to forgive. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23 to 24, Matthew 5, 20, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the, to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, what we need to do? What we need to do? Come on, what we need to do? We need to leave the offering there and we need to go to our brother and reconcile. First you reconcile to your brother and then come and offer your gift. It is very important that we are able to forgive our fellow brethren and sisters. Forgiving and reconciling are very important in our Christian life. For our prayer to be heard, we should be able to forgive others. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. I'm giving quickly some of the scriptures. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will you, your Father, forgive your trespasses. You know, sometimes we say, we have forgiven him or forgiven her. But we remember what they have done to us. That's not forgiveness. That's not the scriptural forgiveness. You know what is scriptural forgiveness? Let's see, read some of the scriptures. Isaiah 43, 25. This is what his forgiveness means. Isaiah 43, 25. Our Lord says, our God says, I even, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins. 
I will not remember your sins. You know, this is the forgiveness that God is expecting in our lives. If you say that I have forgiven somebody, but I remember what they have done to me, it's not forgiveness. Scripture doesn't allow us to remember those things. When my God doesn't remember my sins, how can I remember some of the words that people spoke against me? How can I remember some of the insult that they made to me? How can I remember some of the bad things that people have done to me? Hebrews says, Hebrews 8.12, Hebrews 8.12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. I will not remember what bad they have done to me. You know, we need to ask, I need to ask, Lord, I need such a heart. I need that kind of heart, Lord, that I will just not only forgive, but I will be able to forget what they have done. Don't forget them. Just forget what they have done. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Micah 7.19 You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You know, our God is a precious God that he doesn't remember my sins anymore. I do not need to walk you know, with, with, with that conviction. I need to walk in that conviction that my God doesn't remember my sins. You know, today the enemy comes and reminds me some of the things that I have done in the past. But I need to be bold enough to tell the enemy, my God does not even remember. And who are you to bring and throw those things in my life? My God has forgotten and forgiven all those sins in my life. And we can never allow those sins to show up in our lives. Not even remember them anymore. Ask God, not only forgive, but even forget those who hurt us. Scripture very clearly says we cannot harbor anger in our heart towards someone. We need to forgive for our prayers to be answered. Finally, let's go to the fourth one. First of all, we saw our fake spiritual barrenness or our fake spiritual appearance has to wither away. Secondly, our false motivations need to be drive driven out. Thirdly, people in our lives need to be forgiven and we are also, we need to forgive, forget them, forget what they have done to us. Finally, we need to believe that our God is a supernatural God. Let's read Mark 11, 22 and 23. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Jesus was taking them through this scenario, showing them the victory and taking them into the temple of God and showing them what is going on there. And all that God's motivation was to show them how prayer is important, how much important prayer is. And finally, Jesus is telling them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be moved and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And he says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus said to him, said to them, to have faith in God. There are two terms which are used, faith and belief. He said, have faith in God. And he said, whatever you pray, just believe that those things he says will be done. If you ask anything, God is saying that you need to put your faith in God. And you need again believe in God that he's able to do that for you when you pray. Have faith in God and believe. It's very simple. The disciples saw the victory, withered away, 
at the word of Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus just spoke a word and the victory without a word, supernatural. And now Jesus is telling, asking the disciples to speak a word to the mountain and the mountain will move. It is again supernatural. Now Jesus is telling, whatever you ask in prayer, it will happen. That you need to believe it and it will happen. You know, someone who is praying for healing, they need to believe in God for healing and they also need to believe that they are healed. Someone who is praying for a job must believe that God has given me as we heard the testimony. God was able to give me a job in this month. He believed it and he inherited it. You know, that's the belief that God is expecting in our lives. Someone who is praying for a child, maybe, had to, uh, maybe they have to believe in God and say, I'm going to have a child. I believe in God. If mountain can move, if victory can wither away by a word, as I pray, I believe that the things are going to happen because our God is a God who calls things, even though they, they exist, even though they do not exist, He calls as if they exist. He's a God who brings things from nothing. He's a miracle-working God. But you and I need to do, we need to have our faith in God and we need to believe that we receive it from God. And today we believe, most of the time for simple things, but God, I believe, specifically he referred the mountain asking us to believe for bigger things. Because our God is a big God. We need to ask him for bigger things. I remember the days when someone lays hands on me and our family, in fact, and said, you keep asking God for simple, small things. You need to stop praying in that way. You need to ask God for bigger things. And we asked God for bigger things. And I believe God has given that to us. It is time that we need to start asking God for bigger things. Because He's our God. He's a prayer answering God. We are about to close this morning. There are four, four scriptural truths that Jesus was making very clear to the disciples. Number one, our fake spiritual appearance has to wither away. People want to see fruit in our lives. And then God will hear our prayers. Our false motivations have to be driven out. The only motivation with which we need to come to the presence of God is to pray. People in our lives need to be forgiven, not just forgiven, but even what they have done need to be for, for, forgotten. We need to believe for, in prayer that God will answer our prayer, not just for small things, but for big things. Have faith in God and believe that God can do these things in our lives. Shall we all just stand for a time of prayer this morning? And I believe some, at least few words, would have spoken to you this morning. Just hold on to whatever that God has spoken to you and leave the rest. Just hold on, hold on to the, some of those scriptures that God has spoken to you this morning. And they are so, so precious. The reason God brought you to this, this place this morning is to speak to you and to remind you that some of the things that we are going through as we live on this world. Today, you and I need to ask God, Lord, I don't want to put a good picture in front of people and do ungodly things, Lord, in secret. No, not at all. Lord, I don't want to have that life, Lord. I want life, my life to be transparent, oh God. I want my heart to be transparent, Lord, not only with you, but even with people. This morning, Lord, that's my prayer this morning. That's my cry this morning. Can every one of us, all of us, ask him this morning? Shall we just think about our fakeness? think about that fake spiritual appearance at times we put this morning shall we just ask him Lord help me Lord to be truthful to the core help me Lord to be faithful to the core
from inside out from inside out this morning god is remembering us to see some of the barrenness that we are living with can we just tell those things to the lord and tell him lord help me lord to yield help me lord to bear fruits help me lord to bear fruits this morning oh father let others see good good things in my life oh god transform me change my life lord let our motivation be prayer when i come to church lord let me not worry about what songs they are going to sing who is going to lead the worship that's not my worry what he is going to preach but lord let my attitude be prayer only prayer lord as you expect the house of god to be the prayer house lord people in my life need to be forgiven lord and what they have done need to be forgotten lord this morning god is reminding me god is telling me that some of us those who are standing here are not able to forgive some of those people in our lives this morning god is asking you the things that they have done probably you would have forgiven them but what they have done to you what the word they have spoken to you it comes over and over again in your life and this morning god is telling you my son my daughter you need to forget those things in your life you need to ask god for grace to forget those things and finally god is telling you that you need to believe for supernatural things to happen in your life because our god is a big god he's a miracle working god this morning as god has spoken to us this morning shall we just lift up our voices and praise him this morning hallelujah